Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Offbeat Grad. My name is Sam and this is the second time recording this because my computer hates me, so love that. But anyway, I was inspired for this week's episode from a YouTube video from the creator Tiffany Ferg. I think that's her name. I don't know. I love her videos, but she recently just did one on data privacy. And she focused more on like the societal implications of that and what it means for like cancel culture and all of that and why you need to pay attention to what you're posting on the internet. Um, but I wanted to focus more on the blogging and freelancing side of data privacy and how it particularly affects us because... Your data is already out there for sure, but like as a blogger or someone who works online, you're more at risk than the average internet user. And I would like to preface this by saying I am not a cybersecurity expert. I do a lot of technology writing that often focuses on cybersecurity, on cybersecurity, but I'm in no way an actual expert on this. So if you're looking for someone to help you secure your WordPress website or whatever, like I'm not your girl. I can help you to some extent, but like you're on your own. That's not what we're really talking about today. We're mostly talking about how to make sure you're paying attention to what you post online and like why you need to. So as someone who grew up in the early days of social media, I have a lot of personal feelings about this topic. Um, just about every day, Facebook reminds me of something cringy I did 10 years ago. And I hate that. Um, I started, I got my first MySpace in middle school. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, I was right on Facebook, like really young, like seventh or eighth grade. Like my parents weren't that concerned about online privacy. My dad worked in IT. Um, both my parents were really comfortable using the computer and really encouraged me to use the computer. And I'm really thankful of that. But now I've got all this cringe crap online and I'm low-key jealous of anyone who didn't really jump on the social media until later in life because, wow, it's it's the Wild West back there. But when social media first started, like, I don't think we had the same hindsight, we didn't, to really understand the implications. And when you mix that with being a seventh grader, it just isn't, it's, it's not adding up. So the issue is <laughs> that I now have this backlog of sadness and cringe that is out there for anyone to see. And I've done a lot of damage control. I've done my best. But like I just am not going to go through everything. And as a blogger, I'm in a position where I can't just delete social media channels. A lot of times like the answer is like, oh, delete Facebook. Just like delete your Twitter. I can't because a lot of the times I need these platforms even if I'm not actively using them. Like I don't really use Facebook like at all, even for my blog anymore, um, but I do use it for Facebook groups to like connect with people sometimes and it's fun to lurk. So I don't know, I feel like I can't really get rid of it because of my career. And the same goes for things like Twitter, etc. because I'm a freelancer and I work online and sometimes I need that kind of <laughs> that kind of platform. So the situation isn't as clear-cut if you're a blogger um, than if you were just like a regular internet user. You can't just be like, oh, I'll just delete Facebook because like half of my brand deals rely on Facebook and a lot of my like blogging social network relies on Facebook. So I can't just delete it. Um, the solution is to just be less active and be more mindful. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So in preparation for this, I tried to find a lot of statistics about online cybersecurity, but I think Google knows me too well, and it was like, you want small business statistics, but I didn't. So I know a lot of small business statistics about cybersecurity, and despite like so much media attention going to the big businesses that get hacked, 
Um, the primary people who are hacked, like 70% of businesses who are hacked are actually small businesses. And yes, bloggers count. And this all makes a lot of sense because small businesses don't usually spend that much time securing their data or paying attention to things like passwords. And that makes you a prime target. And a lot of times I've heard from other blogger friends or just other real life friends who have had their data compromised in some kind of way due to a lack of security. And while there's no way to be 100% secure, you can get, you can get like at least 99% secure. So what is at risk? Like why does blogging in particular risk your privacy? So first of all, your blog itself is a big is a big liability. This counts as freelancers, even if you just have a freelancer website, this is a liability because it could become the target of a cyber attack. You could be discovered by someone you know in real life. You might accidentally post something controversial, not even notice, and then like suddenly you're tied up in cancel culture and your entire career is at risk. Like that's a big threat. Oh my gosh, once I was sitting in my college like English classroom, and every class I was in was an English classroom because I was an English major, but I mean, one of my English class, I couldn't tell you what it was, and someone sitting next to me turned to me, and she was like, I found your blog, like she was on Pinterest and she found it, and she meant it in a nice way, but this struck fear deep into my soul, I was like, oh my god, like she just stumbled upon it, like what are the odds? And several times in college, I was reached out to by people who went to my college. And I didn't really hide what college I went to, and I still don't. Hashtag Flagler College. So I see how that would happen. But it always was really jarring when, like, that fifth wall, fourth wall, one of the walls was broken, and you just sort of have this real-life interaction from your blog. And these were all harmless, obviously. They were people who went to my school. They were safe. They were really kind. But it could easily go the other way and be something creepy. And it definitely happens. Um, I follow a lot of YouTube creators, especially they seem most at risk for this, who've dealt with um, stalking and like harassment. And this kind of stuff is just sort of what happens when you open yourself up online. And I'm not to say anyone is to blame, obviously. The only people to blame are the creeps who are doing this. But it is one of the risks. Another risk, aside from just your blog or your platform, are your finances. So if you're not using a secure payment gateway, even if you are, like you put a lot of financial information online and this could be at risk. Also your reputation, like it, your blog or your website could risk your job or your personal relationships. If you share too much, you could even be sued or like if you share something related to your job, you could be sued or taken to court, like no thanks. Obviously, these are worst case scenarios, but I know that when I was in middle school, I was posting stuff on my weird blogs that were like me complaining about people in my life, and I didn't use names or anything, but like, why the heck did I do that? Like, it could have gone south so quick. And the same is true of other social media platforms. If you're complaining about your boss on Tumblr or like publicly making fun of so-and-so or like some kind of professional thing on Twitter like this can come back to haunt you so just keep that in mind and then finally you're also risking your personal privacy so you could have cyber bullies come after you you could have people calling you or send your information to like a spam service or you could be doxxed which is when basically they'll either usually they send like police officers to your house but it could be less severe Someone's actually died doing this, I think, over a video game. Someone docked someone else, and they brought cops to the house, and they ended up shooting someone. Like, crazy, crazy world. Like, we don't need this. Please stop doing this. 
Um, but it's a thing and it happens and it's scary and it probably will not happen to you, um, which is great, but it could happen to you. So I got a fear monger. So anyway, how do these bad people, quote unquote, like how do they get your data in the first place? Like, are they at your house? Are they following you around the grocery store? Probably not. Um, you might not even realize how you're giving out your data um, just in normal ways. So the easiest way that these people get your information is through your domain registration. Because when you register your new domain through a domain hosting service, you give them your email, your name, your address, your phone number, and this is all located publicly in the Who is Public Domain Registry, which you can Google right now. Um, and it's scary. So when you first sign up for your domain or through your host, you're usually prompted to purchase some kind of security um, protection on this that protects your data privacy on the Who is Domain Registry. And I could not recommend this enough. I think it's a yearly renewal. It's like 15 bucks. It's worth it. Uh, I know because I've, I've done this many times without this. And it's stupid. Like, it, don't be me. I did it without it. And I know because I will get so many harassing phone calls and emails and mail from people who are like, buy my service, SEO research, like that kind of crap. And uh, it's not fun to deal with spam. Most of it is probably just going to be spam. But you could, in theory, some bad person with bad intentions could get a hold of it, and now they have your address and your phone number and all your stuff. No thanks. So that's scary. Next, if you have an email newsletter, according to like spam laws, you need to include a accurate mailing address on that. So if you're using your mailing address on that, that ain't good. Um, you always need a P.O. box. Next, if you're sharing your phone number, for this is especially true not really for bloggers, but for freelancers. I know I often give my phone number out to prospective clients, um, but some people even list it on their website. Like I would say do not list it on your website, um, but if you must give it out, like give it out sparingly. Don't just give it out to random people. Um, just be really careful about that. Another thing is unsecure passwords. This is the biggest. So. If you are securing your WordPress website with the same password you use on Facebook, like this is bad news, you need to really get a, a lot trickier with those passwords. Um, and then of course, the last thing is that you're sharing your own data. So you are either talking about your life and sharing data or you're posting pictures. So like on Instagram, maybe you show the front of your house and your address is there, or you show your car and your, your license plate is there, or just like some kind of identifying information. So. Obviously, as a blogger, you want to share aspects of your life, and I don't think you should be afraid of doing this, but I do think you need to be mindful. So one of the biggest things is, like, most people say, don't tell people when you're going on vacation or when, like, your house is going to be empty. Like, don't give them a reason to think, like, oh, I can go rob her or, like, something like that. Um, you just need to be careful and don't be, I don't know, because I like to share things about my life. Like, most people know that I live near Disney World. Well, if you didn't, you know now. Um, most people know that I I have a small apartment. Like most people can see these things. They these are pretty good identifiers. They know what college I went to. I've also shared what high school I went to. Um, like all kinds of things like this can make it really easy to find me if you really wanted to. And that's just the reality of posting online. Please don't find me. Um, and it's scary. And you just need to decide for yourself what boundaries you're going to have and what you're willing to share. 
So for me, I've set a lot of boundaries about what I will and will not talk about online. I don't usually talk about real life friends or even my boyfriend. So a lot of people have actually come up to me and been like, why don't you talk about your friends? Or like, I never see pictures of you with anyone, blah, blah, blah. Like usually the only friend photos I will share on Instagram or any kind of social media is friends who are also in the blogging community um, who have already consented to being online. But I don't like to break that barrier because I don't know how they feel about privacy and I don't know how they would feel about being on my platform, stuff like that. And then I don't really talk about my personal beliefs. I occasionally will let it slip, like how I feel politically because these things are really important to me. But I also don't really make a big fuss about it online. I try to be really subtle or to just not really get into it because that's not really the place where I like to discuss how I feel about things. Um, that's how I feel about that. I talk about my travel on there a lot, but also never when the, my home is empty. Um, usually that, it's never empty, first of all. But, <laughs> but if it were, um, usually I wouldn't be posting about it. Um, I try not to really share explicitly where I am, things like that. Um, at the end of the day, I slip up all the time. Um, I actually had a situation where I posted a picture from my gym in my apartment complex and someone reached out to me on Instagram and said, I think I live in the same complex. And she meant it really nice. She wasn't being creepy. But it just like really made me pause and be like, how easy is it to find where I live? Because in my mind, I was like 15 million apartment complexes look just like this. And to the average person, I don't think they would notice it. But if you had already been familiar with my complex, like you would probably notice it. And it, it did happen. So that was shocking. Um, the moral of this is I'm not perfect and I'm still learning, but it's important to start with some boundaries and just learn as you go and try to be as safe as you can. So finally, let's talk about how you can actually secure your data because there are a lot of things you can do. So first, go get a P.O. box right now. I got a P.O. box like over a year ago and I love my little P.O. box. They put so much spam in it and that's okay with me. Um, I got a P.O. box, I think I paid $60 for the whole year, so not really upset about that. It's pretty affordable, just get the smallest one, especially if you're not planning to get anything in it. And then you can use this P.O. box whenever you're using your website. So you can use it like maybe as a contact thing on your website or your freelancer site or your your emails, like that kind of thing, you're going to need it at some point and it's better to have it. And it's a really affordable thing to have. So definitely do that if you're, especially if you have an email list. Next, purchase the domain privacy. I regret not doing that and I will only do it from here on out. Um, it's really quick to do. If you don't currently have it, you can still get it. Just contact your host. A lot of hosts provide it for free, but if they don't, you can still get it. Next, I'd really recommend, this was a recommendation from my friend Sarah who's been on this podcast before as well, she said when she does client calls with freelance clients, she gets a Google voice number, um, which is basically a free number you can get through Google and it sort of masks your phone, you know, so that no one's getting your phone number. I think that's a great idea, um, especially if you do plan to list your phone number on your website, which some freelancers do and there is some reasoning to that. I would recommend only using this kind of number, but I will say that Google voice numbers are only available in the US. So another alternative is like Google Hangouts or Skype or like Line or one of those and just offering some kind of mediator that isn't your phone number because you can't really take it back once you give it out. And I've learned that the hard way. 
Um, I do usually take client calls, but <laughs> I try to avoid it. And I am really careful about who I give my number to. And it hasn't been an issue yet, but something to think about. Next is to make sure you have a unique, secure password. So I use LastPass for all my passwords. Couldn't recommend it more. Um, I've used this with every job I've had, but I also use it myself. And basically it stores your password securely for you and it always makes sure you have a really complex password so you don't have to worry about someone getting into your password or just like using twirlgirl926 like every single time. So that's a good thing to think about. Next, just set boundaries and be careful about what you're posting online. So be mindful of when you're posting things about like everyone being out of the house or posting things like a house tour or like anything around the exterior of your building or your car, like any kind of unique identifier like this, probably not a great idea. Same goes with things about your work life or coworkers or people in your life who might not have consented to being on the internet. Um, it's usually a good thing to not really talk about those, at least not explicitly. And next, this is more specific to freelancers, but it could also be for bloggers. So consider making a pen name or doing business as name. So if you have a business name that isn't your name or if you have a pen name, um, this could be a really great way to protect your privacy. It doesn't really work for me as a freelancer because I'm a writer and my byline is really important to that. But if I had started early with a pen name, it would be more successful. But whatever you choose, make sure something you can stick with long term and that no one else is using it. But a pen name could be a really great way to make you feel a little bit more secure. Next, make sure you're using double factor login. So this means, usually it means that they're going to send you like a code when you try to log into something. I especially recommend this for Facebook and also Instagram, which is tied into Facebook, and PayPal or any kind of online bank. So if you're doing like secure transfers online, you don't want people to have access to that no matter what. So sometimes passwords fail, even if you're using LastPass. Using a double factor will make sure that virtually no one can get into your account, at least not through brute force of using the password entry. They would have to go a different way, which is a lot harder. So I think it's a really simple way to just make your life much more secure, and last but not least, only use secure payment systems. Don't go to Walmart and buy iTunes gift cards and send them to someone. Um, I recommend only using PayPal for any kind of payments. Occasionally, if I'm working through a blogger network for a sponsored post, they will have their own system they go through, and that's fine as long as it's a trusted source. But if you're doing client work or anyone's like, please send me 12 doubloons, like don't do it. Um, use PayPal, use Stripe or Coinbase if you want to get Bitcoins or Google Wallet or like one of these that is secure and encrypted and won't jeopardize all of your financial data or give anyone access to your information. So those are my tips. I hope this was valuable. Data security is so gosh darn important today and I know it's hard to think about and we don't want to think about any creepy people online being creepy, but it definitely happens. So it's okay. We will get through this together. One cringy middle school Facebook post at a time. Um, but for now, these are my best tips. And um, please don't creep on my Facebook because some weird stuff happened there. But <laughs> it's all going to be okay. Our privacy will probably only become more of a problem. Um, but until then, who knows? So for now, this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is a really eloquent ending. Check out offbeatground.com. I'll have a blog post that has all of this information on there. 
And then also check me out on Instagram at SamanthaBility. I'm trying not to post pictures of my apartment complex anymore, so hashtag privacy. Anyway, have a great week. I hope you're productive. See you next week. Bye.